something like that. And that's how we begin 2024. PGA, the year itself, what is it? It's only January 3rd. Is it January 3rd? It is January 3rd. It's Wednesday. Confirmed. And we are confirmed here to talk a little century. Uh, You guys know the drill. If you've been with us at Stochastic, golf season, one of our favorite times of the year. We've got some exciting new products. We've got exciting new features. We've got exciting new golfers. What didn't change? is I'm still Ben Raz and that's still Eric Lindquist and we're back Jordan Klein behind the glass team is here better is with us we'll talk about them in a little bit you see them on the screen there but I know with you being you've been getting some rounds in you've been playing some golf you got to be ready to talk some golf it's about time I mean I have these freaking posters behind me I have the club sitting here all the time and all I do is talk Damn. NFL and NBA and MLB so uh at this point yeah. in time yeah is that you in golf uniform yeah, it's me as a look at that a golf a golf bobblehead. I've never noticed that before. Yeah, look, look at DJ. you. You see that? And then it says Jazz Raz on the back. PGA DFS golf fans. Yeah, come on now. I won that when I uh, had a real good finish in PGA, and I I got that sent to me. Yeah, um, uh, they sent it to you in in 2018. That feels yeah. good. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, the PGA DFS streets have gotten more difficult, but we have tools that I think are going to be able to help us combat that this season. And well, this is a golf course that I feel especially familiar with. I went there when I was 12, again when Look I was 18, and then spent my honeymoon at Kapalua there. So I uh, was staying next door, played the plantation course twice, played the other, the bay course, I believe it's called, played that twice. So I had four rounds of golf over the course of the week and a half that I was in Hawaii. Uh, so this is a golf course I have some familiarity with. Always, uh, always seems like I have a little bit more success when I've played a track and kind of know exactly which golfers I'm going to be aiming for. And by the way, uh, it's pretty clear cut what we're aiming for this week. It's called birdies. No doubt about it. I've uh, I've been to Connecticut, New Jersey a few times. Not not close to Kapalua. It's about as close <laughs> as I got, though. So I'm not sure what I can bring to the to the. I what are Googled. the chances we actually get you out here for the Genesis? Probably minimal, but maybe okay, if cool. I win the set, we're gonna we're gonna focus on the show because after we take down, uh, I believe two hundred thousand dollars up top in these tournaments. Uh, I'll I'll go a pri- private plane out there, and we're gonna have a good time. So let's talk about it. I want to welcome everyone, of course, to PGA DFS. If you are new, welcome. If you're returning, welcome. We're gonna talk about things. If you are new to golf, don't be afraid to ask questions in chat. We're here to help. There are no stupid questions about the format, the tournament. You know, we've got 59 players, a non-cut, what you need. You mentioned the birdies. It's all about that. But I do want to ask you, and let's get into it about this course, because this Kapaloo mm-hmm. is not a, a normal course. It seems very forgiving off the tee. It seems like there's a lot of rollouts. It seems like you need streaks. You've got the par fives uh, to attack. You have less par threes. What do you think about when you try to target guys? And let's start to get into it here. Yes. So the first thing off the bat is that there's going to be no wind. And if there's no wind at this golf course, you can go out and you can go a bajillion under. I've shot anywhere from 68 to 79 on this golf course. Let me tell you, didn't shoot 79 with it perfectly calm out there because it's so forgiving. You get some holes that uh, the ball basically funnels towards the cup in some spots. And uh, it's just it's just one of those golf courses that's so enjoyable to play because you you don't really have any stress off the tee. You do have to be pretty precise with some longer irons on some specific shots with just three par threes out there. And then you get the four par fives that are all gettable. Even, you know, the 650 that you're looking at on 18 that's straight down the pipeline. Uh, everybody's getting on that in two regardless. I mean, there's just going to be birdies 
uh, upon birdies on this golf course. You do want to kind of look at certain wedge players. Like you get a lot of these uneven lies around the greens. You get some really interesting chip shots. Uh, if you get it into the grain in some spots, you can have disasters like we saw with Colin Morikawa last season, where if you're not comfortable with that part of your game, it gets a little bit dicey at times. You know, you saw the John Rom come from behind as a result of that, but for the most part, it is so forgiving off the tee. The widest fairways you're looking at on tour. And it's a second shot golf course, which kind of leads you into the chalk being good chalk this week for a reason. Yeah, it's definitely one that you're going to be able to be aggressive at times, but you can get away with some really stupid drives. Like the rough is not going to punish you. You're going to have some weird slopes. You're going to have to be a little creative, but I, I do think we've seen that. And then it's no surprise. You know, this is where I think you have to almost work backwards. When you look at the winners of this tournament, yes, you're like, oh, they, they all putted well. So you don't need to necessarily be a good putter. You're going to need to roll it, though. Um, that's just uh, you can't get there without shooting 25, 30 under with no wind. Uh, and I think we see that. So for me, skill set wise, I'm not going crazy. I think I'm more interested in, in talking about the field before we dive into the tiers, just the field itself. Normally, this is just winners. But that's not it here. We've got the mm -hmm. top 50 of the FedEx Cup, everyone except Rory. Uh, when you see this, though, I always find it interesting because there are some guys in this field that legitimately had one super week and they're not in form. How do you kind of balance that out when you've got golfers of all different calibers uh, in this field? Hi, Nicholas Echeverria. Not looking yeah, at exactly. you or anything, but uh, <laughs> Camilo Vijegas, uh, this is not 2005. So uh, this version of Camilo, a little bit different, although, hey, it's always good to see him have some decent form from time to time. But uh, what you basically are looking at is less of the stars and scrubs. Normally on these small field events, you're looking at something like the Tour Championship where there's 30 players and there are 30 pretty informed players that you're kind of deciphering through and, and you're able to go to some of those stars and scrubs type builds. I think this week is going to be very concentrated. We're seeing the chalk kind of land into the uh, the low nines with the likes of a Colin Morikawa, you know, uh, Ludwig uh, sitting at the upper eights. That's going to be somebody who's just going to be a popular click all season long, uh, as long as that form continues. And then, you know, you're you're looking at a pretty balanced 7, 8K range where more of the, the, the players that you're going to land on in your builds come from that than you are in this lower 6K range now. We get these massive, you know, 162 player events. Like we're we're gonna get guys uh, in the bottom of the uh, bottom of the range where one or two are gonna show up from time to time. In this one, you know, EVR isn't completely out of place. Seamus Power, uh, you know, he's been out of it for a while. And and Luke List, I expect to be one of the more popular players in this field for sure. So it's not complete unknowns down there, but it's still a dicey bottom end of the board, similar a little bit more to those 100 those full field events. No doubt about it. And and that's, again, I think what's going to be very, very fascinating. Uh, yeah, we can talk. We'll try to get in some FanDuel as well. I know it's a little tough um, with these, but I, I will say, and it actually leads me into what, of course, I wanted to talk about. You've been hanging with us in NFL and NBA, watching this guy uh, and Greg and all the fellas take down some serious tournaments. You know about the Sims. You know about the Sims. You think I was going to let us have no PJ Sims. Don't be stupid. Obviously <laughs> we knew we had to have it. They're here. They're live first day. Uh, we have lineup generator and we'll talk about that later in the show. But if you've seen the power of these SIM tools and you say, you know what? I, I, I want to devote that to golf. I want to check it out. It's there for you. The links are below. You're getting in. You're going to get, of course, the contest generator, the pre-contest SIM, the post-contest SIM, which is the most underrated part. You get to review where those lineups finished how they graded out, all that stuff. Of course, the tools, the data, all that. 
And of course, you get in our Discord. We have a Sims channel, personal support, all of those type of things. Come check it out. I, I know the golf season is long, but that's what I love about it. You have a lot of opportunities, and it's not just the full slates. A lot of different ways to get involved. You're a believer. I'm a believer. Uh, I think that you guys would like this. And, and I know both of us have had some success with it in football and basketball. And now I can't wait to use it for PGA. Yeah, in PGA, it's going to be especially valuable, I think. Uh, we're avoiding duplication. Being able to see the number of dupes as you're making yeah, out 10,000 iterations of your lineups, especially for a small field like this. Again, this is going to be so damn valuable long term. And, and just being able to see kind of the players within our projections that are going to pop off. I mean, it's it's going to vary depending on which projection source you're going to use. But you can upload your own projections as well into this. So for me, I'm going to be experimenting with that uh, when we get down to the, the nitty gritty for some of these bigger fields. I think it's going to just be extremely valuable for everybody to to constantly be referring to that because avoiding duplication this week is going to be primarily what I do because I do think you can still play good chalk uh, so long as you're being smart about it. And that's really what the Sims has taught me in other sports that I'm going to carry over into PGA. Can't wait to see it in action again. We're going to be, we're going to be using those uh, to power this show, of course, but let's get into it. We've got, of, of course, again, Scotty Scheffler. He leads us yeah. off Hovland uh, tour championship, playing great golf and Xander. Those are the only three North of 10. Um, We've got a bunch in the nines. When you think of kind of how you conceptually look to your builds, what do you make of Scheffler, who is the most expensive player? I think about this being like the AT&T Byron Nelson, where he finishes fifth, and it's still like you didn't necessarily need him. Um, Scotty Scheffler, he's the best player in the world from a ball striking perspective. I don't think it's remotely close, but... I know he's working with a new putting coach that, you know, he was over there in Rome for the Ryder Cup trying to figure things out as he was going along. But he is still one of the worst putters amongst this field. And on the PGA Tour, uh, it's a very glaring weakness in an otherwise perfect golf game. So Scotty Scheffler, 11K for a week like this. I'm very curious to see where he ends up landing in, I think, in large field. Remind, uh, let me know if you think this is wrong, but like, I think in large field, he might be more popular than what he I'd is in small that. field. I'd agree with that. Okay. It feels like in, in like three max and single entry this week, I'm going to be more likely to, to click on a Scotty Scheffler. And as I get into like the $5 into some of the bigger tournaments, I can't imagine that I want to be overweight to Scotty Scheffler, even at 21, 22%, because of how, how easy this golf course is and how important it is to roll your rock. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how soft it's going to be as we work down. We'll kind of find that on the fly. There's going to be other priorities for me as well. Uh, I talked about in my on the betting side of things, and we'll talk about Odd Chopper in a bit. You know, Victor Hovland, it's always been the same story with him, and even here. He's had three basically no-shows. He's been terrible here. He lost strokes around the green. He lost strokes putting in every single one. He seems to have addressed that. Maybe it's going to regress, but when the Tour Championship rolls around, he was firing on all cylinders and, you know, he is uh, you've got Rory sandwiched between them. Of course, who's not playing. So you've got Hovland at the discount. Xander can really drive the ball or you could go balanced in the nine K range. Do you anticipate starting lineups? I assume you're comfortable with having maybe just a nine K as your top top priced player. Oh, absolutely. This week, yeah. I mean, between Cantley and, and Homa and, you know, Wyndham Clark, who I think is going to have just egregiously low ownership for this week, especially somebody who's a bomber. This is you know, a golf course. You can definitely go out and bomb it. I like Fitzpatrick this week. I mean, there's going to yeah. be 
there's going to be some sneaky guys to get to who aren't necessarily even the bomber pedigrees that are just good in these type of events where if they can wedge it, they're as good with their irons as what we think they can be. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to open up the board quite a bit. And I'm starting my single entry right now uh, has Xander Shoffley in it. That's a piece of chalk that might get accentuated a little bit, but he has more familiarity on this golf course than the likes of, you know, Scheffler doesn't always come out here. Hovland, um, you know, I, I like starting with 10K Xander, but I would be just fine starting in the 9Ks as well. And I'm doing that on a number of these tournament builds. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, again, we talk about, this tournament it used to be you had less like this is a 60 man ish field so it's not as ridiculous of like oh we have two guys uh this guy's gonna be 50 percent on like I, we don't see that like xander he'll be popular but he's not gonna be 30 40 no chance mm-hmm. um and that gives you a lot of room i want to work down because i'm with you on fitzpatrick i think that he fits certainly can roll it we saw him I mean, the hero's the hero but still uh, looked like he was having a pretty good time out there and he made some mistakes. He, he had 22 birdies there, which is impressive. Am I, am I wrong? Do I have to get used to a, a world where Brian Harmon is just a nine K golfer in a field like this, or, or am I missing something? What a time to be alive, right? Like what, what's um, happening here? I, I don't know. He played on a home soil RSM classic. I, I don't think he's a sea Island guy, but I know he's a Georgia guy and didn't yeah. necessarily light it up there in November hero world challenges what it is. I mean, this is Brian Harmon's kind of an ownership play here at this kind of a number. We're talking about him being 6% for people who aren't looking at that number. Tyrrell Hatton is a priority for me at 9,200 at his current ownership. I would rather go that direction, but I feel like that's going to be the sentiment everybody has. And then nuclear chalk at Colin Morikawa by far going to be the most popular player, should be the most popular player in this field based on how he's played here, that iron pedigree, so on and so forth, uh, working with a new swing coach and things are going well, but um matt fitzpatrick i like getting to as well it's just i prefer every player in his range besides brian Harmon. but we're going to say that i think a lot to start the season and it's not going to shock me when brian Harmon goes out and you know just plots his way around here and and puts up a t10 but do i need to get to brian Harmon here does he have that kind of electric skill set to to put up 25 30 birdies here i'm probably going to hit pass yeah, it's always that delicate balance because the beautiful thing about Brian Harmon, you can have him in 11% of your lineups and you're covered. Like you're going to yeah. have some nice leverage. You don't have to go crazy. But I don't think he's he's probably one of my least preferred options in the nine. Well, so. Also, what his skill set is, is kind of been a weaker part of his golf game of late. Like he's somebody who gains off the tee just by being deadly accurate, not by being long. And you know, that is really not a skill set for this golf course. It is super wide, super forgiving. And even the rough is not difficult out here. You can spray it beyond spray it and still be upright as long as you're not in the really, really long stuff that surrounds it in some of these spots. Again, no water on the golf course. There's just not a lot that's visually intimidating about playing here, which is, again, why it's a resort course. It is it is definitely set up for the likes of me who just want to go out and bomb it. And then, you know, hopefully make a couple of putts that specific day. But uh, he has just been weak with the irons over his last 50 rounds, 57th amongst this field. So uh, that's part, if that part of his skill set isn't necessarily there this week and hasn't been for the last, what, four, six months. I know we're starting over and turning the calendar, but I still feel like I want to be using some type of, of recent form data and none of it looks good for Harmon. Last guy before we move to kind of that middle tier and talk about the eights, <laughs> my man Tommy. Obviously not a prolific winner, and that's putting it mildly, but 
you know, we know he can play. We saw him in November look pretty good. Fleetwood, yay, nay, or indifferent? Uh, he's another guy that just has a unique skill set for this. I mean, his around the green game has been elite, elite, elite for the last six months or so. Over those last 50 tournament rounds, the best around the green player, which bodes really well for here because we know of him as somebody who can just go out and hit his irons close. And I, I, I would say in on Fleetwood, in my first build, I didn't get as much of him as what I was expecting to. Our projections are pretty bullish on him as well. I mean, this is this is a spot where 15% Fleetwood, you kind of want to make a stand with somebody in this range that isn't Morikawa. Like Morikawa, I think I'm just going to have a preset number that I get to here. Yep. And then for me, Hatton ended up being the dude that just came flooding in. Said before the show, it felt like I was playing a Florida event with looking at my lineups with the amount of Eric Cole, Tyrrell Hatton, guys of that nature here. But I think Fleetwood is a great ad. Just somebody that I think uh, has an immense amount of upside for sure. I, I'm going to be over on Fleetwood. I like his game. Uh, you know, a, a pure birdie fest, maybe not the ideal setting, but you can say that with a lot of these guys, he can get it going. We've seen him go low many a times. Um, that's not a prerequisite in terms of what we've got. Let's move to the to the eight still because it's a deep field. I bet Jordan Spieth in this event. Mm. I think that, you know, he won in 2016. He's been terrible here lately, but we know Spieth. He's got the ability. He's not going to be punished off the tee. Tom Kim, though, is the first guy in this range. Uh, I, I always struggle with Tom Kim. Just very difficult player. Certainly going to let the, the tools do a lot for me here. It's grading out around 15% ownership. What do you see when you look at the top of the eights? Tom Kim, he led the entire field in strokes gained tee to green last season in this Nuts. event, which is insane because that's just not how I think about Tom Kim, uh, especially in an elite field. Obviously, there are more people this week. So a T5 this week is more valuable than a T5 was last season. But still, that's a really nice finish. And, you know, he's just a guy that uh, if he gets the magic wand going again at some point in time, I mean, that's that has been his superpower has been kind of his Achilles heel of late. But when he gets it going with the rock, it just it's nonstop. And, and so you get these flash in the pan weeks for him with the putter. You know, I obviously if he if I knew he was going to lead this field in strokes gain, I would run it back here. But as of right now, I just kind of prefer every single golfer in the range that isn't him. So he's getting it's not that I don't like him. It's just that I don't like him nearly as much as everybody else priced around him. Yep. Uh, it's always uh, an opportunity to cross the casualty of the slate. I'll be around it. It's just a fascinating range. You've got Tom Kim. You've got Jordan Speed. You've got. Ludwig, uh, who is just, you know, is he going to make another leap? We finally saw him, not finally, but he wins at RSM. Uh, we know the talents there. Ricky and Day and Finau right below him. Cam Young, another bomber. Talk to me about that that kind of next tier because Aberg is going to be, I think, a constant battle for a lot of people. He is grading out in the Morikawa level of ownership. Just to give you a sneak into the Sims, into the data, that's a big piece of the puzzle if you get it right or wrong. So I think Ludwig is the hardest guy for me to handicap what I want to do this week with because he's rightfully pulling ownership. I don't think yes. anybody would disagree, but you have to look at the field strength of an RSM classic. He goes out and wins that. He has the second at the Sanderson Farms, the T2 it was, I know specifically. And then he ended up winning at the Omega Masters. I mean, that was kind of his his big coming out party there internationally. Ends up putting his foot down there pre-Ryder Cup, then goes out, plays some good golf alongside Hovland at the Ryder Cup. And, you know, it just ends up being a sensation. Ran that form into that win at the RSM. And here we are. We're going to see him in every event. Is he 
somebody that's 8,700 who should be priced next to the likes of a Fleetwood, next to a Finau, next to a Sam Burns. And I know you don't like Sam Burns, but I do. I I just got to say, I, I'm not positive yet. There were some streaky signs at the Ryder Cup that I think Hovland might have uh, helped him out with. Obviously, he goes out and he is he's going to be the, the pedigree of the field in those type events. But now you get this top tier and you kind of need strong finishes from him right from the get go. I think he's capable, but like at 30 percent, this is probably the guy that I'm more comfortable getting away with uh, or getting away from as opposed to like a mega nuclear piece of chalk in, in Colin Morikawa. But I just feel exponentially more uh, comfortable eating. Yeah, I mean, general principle for me, particularly in golf is with ownership when we have a, a more unknown person, I think it's better to buy, you know, you met last couple of shows we did. During swing season, you mentioned someone like Preston Summerhays, who we don't know anything about. He was like 1% owned. Yep. And I said, I don't know anything about him, but I understand blindly backing because maybe he's just amazing. This is the opposite of that situation. We know this guy is obviously good. Yes. But is he the best player on tour? He might be in a couple of years. Or is he just a solid PGA Tour player who should never be 30% owned in the you know in a century with 59 guys? at this price point. I think that's a pretty reasonable path to take that he's not this good right now. And you've got Ricky Day, Finau as pivots. I do like Tony Finau quite a bit. He's another guy that played at the Hero. He looked fine. You know, it's Finau. We need the putter cooperate. He could torpedo your lineups, but he can also outscore his placement. So can Aberg. Want to be clear, it's not... Um, I don't think this is a time to full oh, fade. No, I love cut, him. But, so... Yeah, yeah, Ludwig, he played out of Texas Tech and uh, shout out Kim Kaufman. I, I grew up with her. She's a little bit younger than I am, but she ended up playing at Texas Tech. We had the same golf coach growing up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, shout out to Todd Cole, my guy. But um, Ludwig is somebody that works down at the golf course and, and works with her husband now uh, or works in association with him at the golf course down there in Texas Tech. Um, and I, I gotta say he's, he's as solid. I mean, they just absolutely gush over him as you should. He was the number one amateur coming out of college yeah. and just, uh, he's got such a great demeanor on a golf course. He has all the, the makings of being an elite player, but again, first time seeing the golf course, first time going out there and it's a birdie fest. Where is this skill set amongst these other players that are just far, far more proven over a long period of time? Is he a better click at this kind of ownership? I would argue no. Again, you have to make decisions, uh, and, and I think that's one that I, I'm willing to look to some of those other players. I do kind of like Ricky as well. Those are those are the two mid-AK guys. They grade out ownership-wise at a discount. Ricky's another guy, very crafty short game. Should be able to take apart these par fives. His game, you know, he found it. Uh, credit to him. Love it. I don't have much else in the eights, though. I want to ask you to kind of just to round it out for us. Your boy, Sam Burns. You've got Sunjay and then Decky. Yes. What, a, what a fascinating situation with Decky. It's hard to know where his game is at. So I, I think there's a lot of interest I have in the lower eights. I, it sounds okay. like I'm far more interested than you. Let's start with Finau first off. Uh, strokes gain approach. The, the, the iron showed up last year. It was kind of disappointing to see the driver not be elite, elite. Again, 17th out of this field. Sounds great in theory, but that's barely inside the top third amongst top tier players. So that's brutal. And the putter, we know it can be spotty from time to time, but it feels as though this is a click at 8,400. You just look at a golf course that you know is longer and has par fives that you can dismantle. Tony Finau feels like a click for that range. Same thing with Cameron Young. Terrible. 
terrible from time to time with the flat stick, but getting on a slower surface perhaps helps out a little bit. You get these grainy Bermudas. Like this is not your typical PGA Tour type bent grass, uh, 13, 14 on the stem. They can't get them that fast. Otherwise, the wind would blow it off a, a multiple, uh, like on certain windy days in Kapalua. You just wouldn't be able to keep the ball on the green. So they can only get so fast. And then Sam Burns on Bermuda. Bermuda Burns, my dude. I've been just beating the drum for it nonstop. And as much as I like him, I, I think I like Sung J.M. more this week. And okay. I'm not generally a Sung J.M. guy. Second strokes gain around the green, really good with the putter. And then off the tee, I mean, he can he's sneaky good off the tee. I, I feel like he never really gets his due amongst, you know, because he's not like a bomber bomber. But fifth strokes gain off the tee. The irons have been spotty, but I expect a big comeback from him here. I think this is a buy low, I think, for 8,100 Sung J.M., who... You know, we were happy to be paying lower nines for throughout most of last season until he fell off the wagon there. Uh, if we're going to get on Bermuda, give me Sung Jay here at lower ownership. I have no problem with Sung Jay on any price point uh, from DraftKings to FanDuel. He's just, Sung Jay's a well-rounded player, and I think he does hurt him sometimes in how people view him because it's like, oh, he's not the best in the world at mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, but he's not weak in any game. He, like He can do it any different way on any given week. So I'm with you. This is where I think it starts to get very interesting, though. As we get to the second half of the mid-tier, we've got guys like Straka and Keegan, Figala, Henley, uh, Corey Connors, Eric Cole. I mean, not the most household names, but some guys who can go crazy low and some guys that obviously did some work in 2023 to get here. Yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with uh, Sepp Straka this week. It's going to okay. be really hard for me to get away from. Part of it is the ownership as we're looking at it. But you look at some of his Bermuda splits and some of the tournaments that he really excelled at over here over the last couple of years. Yeah, he won at the John Deere. That was a shootout, but not Bermuda specifically. How about the fifth at the Honda? Playing pretty well down there uh, at, a, at a difficult golf course. Obviously, this is going to be much, much easier. And it's hard to say tick for tat in that kind of a regard. But he had won it in, in 2022, I believe it was, and, and came back. Played well there again this last season, so he has some familiarity with the Bermuda. He's another Georgia Bulldog who this is, I believe, going to be his preferred surface once we accumulate a larger sample size for him on the PGA Tour. He's been around since 2019, in and out, but uh, God, he really stepped up to the plate uh, over the course of last season, especially over the summer. Again, that first at the John Deere, second at the Open Championship, and then the putter. The putter just has these flash weeks of five, six strokes gained putting, and I believe Bermuda to be his preferred service long-term. I think we just kind of disregard some of the short game uh, around the green. He can be one of the best iron players on the entire tour here. Uh, I, I believe he has that kind of ability and pedigree. So uh, give me Sepp Strzok, a 7,800. Yes, partially ownership, but... I mean, God, it's hard to to kind of look at Russell Henley pulling 26% and say that Sepp Straka at 10% isn't a better play. Yeah, you mentioned, again, a lot of these game theory in the mid-range, these players grade out very similar. You're going to have to find some ways. You can leave a little money on the table, and you're going to need to, to get away from some of the ownership. Uh, I, I kind of want to pass it right back to you, though, and ask you the same things about the gala, uh. who is another guy that, you know, we know we can do it. We saw him finally do it. He's got some talent. I don't feel super confident. I think he has got a gigantic range of outcomes. And I think his ball striking does not measure up to the rest of the range. Do you see it that way? Or is there an angle that you think he could really thrive here? 
It's so hard because there's a part of me that's biased because, you know, there's there's a number of guys who I've had a chance to play with on the PGA Tour. And this is one of them uh, played a U.S. Open qualifier with him at Crystal Air Country Club once upon a time. And uh, the guy is a freak. There's no doubt. But he has these tee shots that once in a while just go crazy, crazy offline. And you're like, where did that come from? And, you know, obviously this is the spot where if you can just get away with all of those, you're going to go low anyway, because his skill set is really good for these kind of shootout events, just putting up crazy numbers. You know, he's played well at like an RBC heritage, which obviously can be a little bit more difficult. He's played at the farmers. He's played a number of spots where he can just excel with the irons and gain six, seven in that department. And then around the green, just been positive in his last four that we have strokes gain data for has gotten better and better because again, that's what he's really known for is having this elite short game. And then just when he gets seven, eight strokes gain putting goes completely nuclear, but there's just a part of me that, doesn't want to go there. And I'm not exactly sure why that is, because it just feels like a golf course that if you're getting away with being terrible off the tee, which he definitely is relative to the average PGA tour golfer, you kind of want to click him at low ownership here. And yet I just find myself gravitating towards Straka. I said that I liked him more than Henley. It's not that I don't have some Henley in my life, but just not going to be getting to 26% of him. And then Eric Cole sitting below him, I think is another piece of chalk that I just kind of like in this range. So I think I'm probably going to be making my stands more with like Sep in the upper end of the uh, sitting at 10% than like a 10% the gala right underneath it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you actually have a lot of guys that fit the same profile right there. So you're not really, even if you believe in that, I don't know if it necessarily leads you straight to the gala in the sense of like not strong off the tee and good everywhere. Like Eric Cole's not exactly the best driver of the ball in the world. Harris English, Denny McCarthy, JT Poston, Grio's not really in form. But as we look to the bottom of the sevens, there's a lot of pieces. And then Cam Davis, who's going to be very popular, a noted uh, wild man. He scores. He's going to outscore his placement point. Most likely. How do you look at this range? Cause to me, guys like, you know, McCarthy and Harris English have, have, uh, have me interested a little bit. Yeah. I mean, well, first off Cameron Davis, I think is actually really good chalk and it's unfortunate. Okay. He's going to be crazy popular, right? Just crazy, crazy popular. I, I, I would assume that he, him paired with like one of the big three up top or any double nine K lineups are going to be extremely correlated. Well, that sucks. Cause yeah. I mean, he's, he's no doubt about it. The guy that you, you think about what you need here, shoot out third at the Fortnite, seventh at the Shriners here coming off of the fall season, 12th at the Zozo, even, you know, played well at the three M, you know, that's one with a lot more water than you've got here, but uh 10th out there fourth at the PGA. So he's played well in elite fields as well. He has that kind of upside. He also has some immense downside with missed cuts at the Charles Schwab, you know, not something you would expect in the missed cut at Genesis Scottish, where you would think, you know, his, his off the tee game would be helpful, but no, it's, it's an interesting deal with Cameron Davis. Sometimes it's easier to get away from these, like lower priced, like, you know, 7K pieces of chalk, just because they're not as good. They're priced 7K generally for a reason, but I find him to be difficult to get away from at least clicking a little bit of. I think maybe I'll get away from him in single entry and go to my guy, JT, the postman. Your guy, Grio, is just going to get egregiously low ownership. How do you not click on that um, going forward? But I think Adam Hadwin, weirdly, is kind of the guy that I, I feel the okay. most comfortable if I'm trying to pivot. We only saw him play once in the fall swing there, but the Shriners, he finished second, put up a 19 under number there with 24 birdies and an eagle. So 
I mean, he's kind of been that guy in some of these weaker fields where the putter gets immensely hot and we just see him take it for a ride. So um, you have a you have zero missed cut equity with anybody here because there's no cut. But like if if over over four days, I definitely feel better about Cam Davis than everybody here. But like trying to pick and choose my spots, I think Adam Hadwin's the guy that I think could go out and just set the world on fire and maybe beat him out. Interesting that Adam Hadwin's an interesting name in, in the betting side of things. Like if you're looking for a, a weird top 10 or a top 20, something Agreed. like that, I could see him doing that. He's got splits that you do like prefers calm conditions, prefers easy courses, uh, good Bermuda putter. And yeah, we did see him uh, during swing season as well, gain across the board. So I get it. Uh, now we're about to get, cause you know, if you pay up, you're going to have to get into the sixes before we do that though. I do want to mention, I said at the beginning of the show, better, B-E-T-R. You guys have heard about it. And if you haven't, you're missing out. You want to check out what they've got going on. Another site that is offering just more ways to get exposure to these sports, to your takes, to make some money. You see it on the screen. First match deposit, first deposit up the $500 match. A good opportunity. And they've got some of these type of things available. You know, every site different angles, whether it's the 100x opportunities that they have, the different formats, the different styles. I say the same thing every time. doesn't mean you have to run right now and sign up blindly. The link is in the description. Click the link and read about it. See the offers, see the format, and be part of it. It's another way to get good money down on this. It doesn't have to be all on one site. It doesn't have to be all DFS, all betting. I prefer a combination of all of them. Better is just another way to do that. So the link is in, in in chat. It just got thrown uh, there, and it's obviously in the description of this video. Shout out to them for sponsoring, for having that, uh, and go check them out because I have a feeling you're going to probably want to be on there if you're looking for another way. Put down some dollars on some of these things. We got, uh, who we got? Adam Shank, Brendan Todd, Benny on off. I believe he's off suspension. Yes, my man. <laughs> Back, uh, Hollywood Hoagie. From the Dakotas, Svensson. Yep. I mean, when you look at the sixes, there are names down here. I don't think we can just joke around and say we're ignoring this range because there are names down here. So Hoagie is 18th in DK scoring over the course of the last, what is that, 50 round sample size over the last 25, looking at uh, just outside of the top 20 there. But from a scoring perspective, Hoagie, we know he has one superpower, and that is the Irons. If you can get away with it off the tee, I think he pairs with like a Thigala, somebody like that, where it's like, let's just disregard anything that has to do with off the tee because it's calm. You have a bajillion mile wide fairways and everybody's going to be in them. So let's just play a second shot game. I think there's certain pairings that Tom Hoagie kind of fits with nicely, but um, it would it would appear that Brendan Todd is the guy that I'm just kind of jamming here in this range at 6,900. We know he can roll his rock. Again, there's certain pairings that I like with him as well. He's not exactly exceptional off the tee by any means as well. But uh, yeah, in a putting contest, if it's going to end up being that, 6,900 for him fits really easily in my lineups. I, I feel strong that Brendan Todd uh, is probably the most under-owned golfer in this range. Really? Okay, yeah. I mean, we know he can bail himself out. With that putter, and and it is true. You, you kind of talked about this uh, again. I think Thigala was the example. Like Brendan Todd gets punished a lot off the tee. That really cannot happen here. Like you can't screw that up. Yeah. And we know he's got an elite short game, and he can roll it. I may have to force myself to readjust yeah. there because I I do like Benny on. Um, 
you know, his putter lets him down in birdie fest and that could happen. There's no so doubt about his it. personal trainer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> win some, you'll lose some, but he's another guy, easy conditions. Uh, I think that will serve him well here. I'm interested to see where that ownership ends up. This is a range. You're not going to get the crazy, like we're not looking at 30% owned guys. It's the six K nope. range. My next it's- question though, is where's that drop-off point? Because, you know, Svensson and Lee Hodges, Mac Hughes, I think is interesting. EVR, honestly, like I see Seamus is down here. How low is too low? Or honestly, can we go all the way down? We're going all the way to Patrick Rogers, 6,100. I, he's in my single entry lineup right now. I think playing 6,100 with him and then not even, again, I'm I'm playing Xander 10K. So I suppose he's the one 10K guy that's in that lineup, but I think on a on a golf course like this, you always know that you're going to fight a putter and you're going to have Patrick Rogers have these terrible putting weeks. But when it's flat or when it's even slightly positive, the guy is an absolute monster from time to time. And 25th in DK scoring, I mean, that's second best in this entire 6K range besides Tom Hoagie. And that's over a 50 round sample size, over a 100 round sample size, even a little bit better at 23rd. So like. I don't know. I'm starting to talk myself into Patrick Rogers, who's also in the top golfers tool here at Stochastic, the most leveraged golfer of the entire week. Uh, I know that that. we were getting the FanDuel uh, questions uh, earlier, 7,400 for him, uh, sitting at the same number as Camilo Ryan. I definitely prefer going to that side of things, but yeah, Patrick Rogers, man, 6,100. It does a lot for your lineups. I think he pairs also with the second most leveraged golfer there. If you're trying to get a really low owned build, Rogers plus Clark, and then figuring out other bombers with it, not the worst way to go about your life. I'm going to give you one more kind of dark horse down there that no one's really going to play. I'm a Nick Hardy fan. I'm going to try to buy on Nick Hardy mm. right off the bat. Really benefits from easy courses. Of course, he hasn't been here, but he's played at Sony. He played well last time there. So he's familiar, of course, with some island golf. Uh, you know, he was 14th in 2021. 2023 really good off the tee just got eaten up around the green I don't worry about that as much here and we've seen him make strides I think he's a guy that's getting better for all what I know he's healthy and ready to go sub five percent yes I like Rogers I'm with you I may explore a one-two combo pun and then have like Scheffler Hovland together in a lineup Mm -hmm. and see what that looks like because I don't think a lot of people are going to do that not my preferred build but for tournaments large field you could do a lot, a lot with that. My last question to you before we kind of give some hot takes, we'll talk a little betting as well. Or is there anyone where you're just like, I, I don't think they're even remotely like no interest for me, Echeverria and Camillo. I, I just don't think I'm going to get there. I don't think it's necessary to get there. Yeah. And I, I like Seamus power as a person, as a golfer. I've always cheered for him. I, I don't know if I necessarily need to go out of my way to back him here. Yep. And then, um, Trying to think. I mean, I think Vincent Norman, just somebody that we haven't seen enough here on the PGA Tour. Uh, he's played a lot, you know, Dubai World Tour stuff. And, you know, he's kind of always middling finishes there, 15th, 27th, the DP World Tour it is. Um, but he comes over here and outside of that Irish Open win on the DP World Tour, and it's been pretty gross for him here. The Shriners got a cut there, uh, stateside, Zozo, T38. I don't know if I need to go dip my, t- uh, dip my, what am I trying to say? Dip my toes into that pool. I think I'm going to be getting away from that. Pretty much, yeah, pass. I guess the big question I have for you is Luke List, in or out? Oh, man. We almost made it through the first show. It. Um, 
He's popular. 15%. He's by far the most popular 6K golfer. I just have such a, a tough time with that part of it because it's it's not just like, oh, Luke List in or out. There, there's there's that context. And I think it's crucial yeah. context. I'm gonna say more out. I might end up with a few shares. I don't think I get over on him. I think that it's just a really difficult spot for a guy that he's as live to put you out of a tournament as any golfer that we yep. mentioned. Um, what about you? You feel the same way? That's that's where I've kind of drawn the line because we talk about ball striking and how elite it can be for certain guys in certain ranges. And I think 6,100, is he underpriced relative to maybe like a, a Matt Wallace, uh, a Chris Kirk? Sure, we could, we could pr probably make that argument, but like he is the worst putter in this field and it's not remotely close. And we keep talking about how you kind of need that part of the skill set. For me, you're just playing Luke List in the event that you think bombers are just going to take over this golf course. But we've seen time and time again, I mean, throughout the years where every type of skill set can kind of jump to the top of the board here. And it's more of a mix and match type approach. Yeah, I'll be heavy towards, you know, four or five type skill sets or, you know, pairing certain guys. But like Luke List just feels like unnecessary chalk to me. Couple fun questions before we get out of here. If you're one and done with starting this week, who would you use? Would you look to a, a top end guy and try to win? Would you look for a mid range uh, and go that route? See, it's tough because there's certain guys that you just kind of want to bottle up for majors. Like I think Scotty Scheffler, it's a little bit foolish to to go to Scotty. I think Hovland, I think it's a little bit foolish to try to take a shot there. So if you get burned by the two most likely winners here, I think I'd kind of be okay with it. I, I keep landing on Matthew Fitzpatrick as kind of the guy at 9,500 where I don't think he's going to be very popular in one and done. I kind of want to save him up for a major of some sort, but like I, I, I've been going back and forth. And obviously you guys should all be jumping into Mayo's thing, the $200. It's going to be a lot of fun this season. It's a, it's a cool deal to, to be playing. And I've played it the last couple of years, haven't done remotely well in it, but um I'm more inclined to save up anything north of 9,500. I think Fitzpatrick's the first guy I entertain when you're just looking at DK scoring. But like, do we just fire up Jordan Spieth maybe, maybe here? This That's could be my like, answer. Is that That's, really? Yeah, oh, it is. I, I, I'm having a tough time. It's going to be Matt Fitzpatrick or Jordan Spieth for me. It is. I, I think I can get away with, it's not to say that I think Spieth's going to have a terrible year, but I like him in the spot. I bet him already. Uh, and I don't want to use one of the real big names. I also don't want to give up on the tournament. You know, I'm not going to just say, right. Oh, let me punt with some, you know, guy. And he comes in 48. That's not going to get us off to a good year. I want someone with serious, serious potential like Fitzy, like Spieth. I think Ricky Sunjay types. Uh, and I could go that route. Um, last question though, from our friend, Bill, of course, a member here as well. He was saying, if you're looking to the betting markets, Who's some guys you think that litter that top 10 market before you give your answer? I'm just going to give you a shout out, Phil, to anyone who's not involved in our Discord and Odd Chopper. You should consider joining us. Uh, we are building up the community, part of the Stochastic family. You have not been over to Odd Chopper. You don't know. We have revamped that package to include everything from the Discord to the picks to the tools all under one roof. Me and Eric uh, are heavily involved there. You see it on the screen. The link is below. Come check it out. Uh, even if you just stop in for a week, we would love to have you. We're talking golf in there right now, actually. And, and some of those top 10 bets that we're going to be dropping will be in there. I think for me, I'm going to stick to these same guys. You you, you and me see it. It's Fitzy, Spieth, I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. Sunjay's a top 10 target for me. Uh, if I gave a dark horse, 
Nick Hardy, uh, Patrick Rogers types, but that you're going to get big plus money if you go that route. Yeah, I mean, bigger plus money. Four to one on Sepp Straka is not the worst thing in the entire Ooh. world. I don't have access to Bet Rivers, but if I did, that would be fun. Points bet plus 450, even a little bit better if you have access to that. I don't completely hate that one entirely, but um, I think uh, we're seeing it the same way. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick plus 250, I think, is a little bit That's wrong. Nice. Um, that is a, a ridiculous little number to be getting on him there. So if you have access to Bet Rivers, it would be silly not to have a sprinkle on that because that's just kind of a misprice for a guy who, again, it's just more expensive uh, in DraftKings scoring. Not that it's a perfect one-to-one comp, but like Fitzy at top 10 equity here at two and a half to one is always something you should be entertaining in a small field. Yeah, and again, it's small field, so Achaba will help you with that, making sure, because you mentioned the spread, like you could bet Fitzy at plus 250, or you could probably bet him about plus 150 somewhere else, and you don't think that adds up. You will be sorely mistaken. So head over there. Again, link in the description. We're going to bounce on out of here, but uh, if you have a hot take for the way out, mine is going to be pretty simple. We're just warming up. I don't want to pull anything. It's the first show. Get critically <laughs> injured. I think that Nick Hardy is the is going to be the best 6K player this week, which is a big hot take. I know that's very unlikely because he's towards the bottom of the range. I am saying that he's a sneaky tournament play, and he's someone I got my eye on in both betting and DFS. All right, I'm going to go for the perfect, ex- or the the exact, right? First and second, you're the horse oh racing guy. Oh my God, you just see, you yeah. don't need to stretch. You just go right for it. Yeah, how about this? Yeah. Matt's Fitzp- Matt Fitzpatrick wins by one over yep. Sepp Straka. One, two, exacta. That'll pay out a nice dollar, that's for sure. If that hits, uh, Chad, I don't even, I don't even know what we'll do. We'll just, we, we will, we will put the tape up. Uh, I'm going to go put 20 bucks on it now because I know it's oh, going to be something to ridiculous. It. That's a life hedge because yeah. if I yeah. didn't, I will be quite upset, but it's going to be an awesome year. I know this isn't really a normal show with 59 golfers. We're just getting started. You're going to be seeing us and let us know what you want to see. We're going to bring back some tears. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some new categories. And of course, expect to see these SIM tools lineup generated embedded in this show because we are using them to build our lineups and we believe that you guys should as well. So check that stuff out on your way out. Of course, none of this would be possible without the third member of the crew, Jordan Klein behind the glass. I've been hanging with him for the last three hours and he looks <laughs> like I've been hanging with him for the last three hours. My friend, you are a trooper for powering through these shows and we appreciate you guys on the way out. Hit the like button and stick with us all year here at Stochastic for me, for Eric and for Jordan. Thanks again for tuning in at the century. Let's take down 200 K do it again next week. Until then, good luck. Enjoy. Talk to you soon. <laughs>